Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Hassan, and I'm absolutely delighted to have an old colleague and friend, John Collins, with me today to discuss what I think is a really important uh, cult group that's been around from the 30s uh, called The Message. John Collins is the author and webmaster of William Branham, Historical Research, and the author of Preacher Behind the White Hoods, a critical examination of William Branham and his message. Uh, John, mind holding it up, the books up for a second? Uh, you have two books, right? And you're, you were you born and raised in the message cult following uh, of William Branham. And right. you escaped in 2012. You began to research the historical events of William Branham's life, because as many second generation people, they want to know what's the truth of the origin of this. And <laughs> what is this thing that I grew up in? <laughs> what is this thing? And I believe you said your uncle was a principal in the original uh, organization. So you were kind of royalty. Anyway, I just yeah. want to finish and say you just have this amazing website. And you've been publishing you. your research to help others influenced by or indoctrinated into William Branham's cult of personality and its, and its many splinter groups. And John, you and I have talked previously and done some blogs together. You've done the bite model of mind control. You, you uh, authored with me a thing about Jim Jones and the bite model right. and mind control. And you You've taught me a lot, actually, about some of the early roots of the charismatic Pentecostal latter rain movement that is so prevalent now, uh, right. where people claim to get direct revelations and speak in tongues and cast out demons and do faith healings. And of course, men are superior to women and all kinds of other things we're going to get into. I'll stop talking now, John, but... I, I do want to say you're a, a, an IT genius. I hope you don't blush that I say wow. that you really are very, <laughs> very smart and you have a company and do a lot of IT things, but you're also a musician and songwriter. And when we do the blog that accompanies the podcast, we're going to put up some links to some of your, your songs because I really think you're very talented. Awesome. Thank you. So stop the blushing now and let's dive in. <laughs> um, you know, right now we're in this epic moment in human history where there are these authoritarian cults that have persuaded so many people that they are the one truth. You know, they have certainty and strong rules and regulations and us versus them kind of mentality. And what we know historically is that whenever there's a great economic chaos, whenever there's especially pandemics where people are isolated and online, cult, authoritarian cults uptick dramatically because people are so vulnerable. But let's put that aside for later in the conversation. I'd like you to share with our listeners, you know, your upbringing and how you what you realize the key points, especially about the KKK and the racist roots, and wow. um, yeah. and then we can move forward from there. How's that? That's that's a good starting point. Um, 
I will say for your listeners, like I do everybody else, that I fully apologize for what I was. It, it in no way reflects who I am now, but I did grow up into this very racist thing called the message. And at the time, I had no idea that it was even racist. If you were to have asked me back then, was I a racist? I would say absolutely not. I had very, very good black friends. And I, um, you know, I just didn't, I was manipulated into thinking a certain way. And I was told that this very racist way that I was manipulated was not racist. And so I just assumed that. So I can right. relate. Although I wasn't <laughs> born into a cult, I was recruited into the Moonies. I right. later learned Moon was a racist. I heard him say racist things like black people are good for sports and physical education. I also learned that, you know, the Moonies thought that the Holocaust was justified, which as a Jew, yeah. I didn't know that inner doctrine and stuff. But please keep going. Yeah. Buddy. Yeah, we had, um, there were sermons that I remember hearing, and I, even when I heard it, it, it should have resonated, but it didn't. But William Branham, during the civil rights movement, whenever the big leaders of civil rights started to emerge, he would say things like, we gave the blacks integration, and look what we have now. They have sold their birthright to Abraham Lincoln, or you know, weird stuff that he said. He, he would say Martin Luther King Jr. is communist. I mean, these are things that the white supremacists said, right? And right. didn't, am I remembering correctly, didn't Moon also teach the serpent seed doctrine, Christian identity? Uh, so he basically said in the Moonies that uh, Lucifer, Satan, uh, ha uh, raped Eve, seduced Eve, and she raped Adam. And that's where the um, humankind went sinful because they right, were meant to just right. marry each other and not have sex with an archangel. archangel. Right. It's the moony version of the serpent seed thing. Please share William Branham's teachings, the ones you have refuted and distanced <laughs> yourself from since becoming a human being and joining the rest of society. Right. Well, actually, there weren't even William Branham's, and this is something that I didn't, did not learn until years later. But there was this movement in the United States called the Christian Identity Movement. Mm -hmm. And this was based heavily on false archaeology called British Israelism. The notion that the British Isles were the direct descendants of the lost 12 tribes of Israel. Men with religious intent came to the United States. And this mixed really well with the slavery you know, the owners of slaves, because well, these are <laughs> these are a lower class of people that weren't from the 12 tribes of Israel. I came from the seed of good people, and they came from this still good people, but inferior to me people. So this grew into the Christian identity movement. And that and was, worked, was used again. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, John, but that was used against indigenous people, too, not just black absolutely. people. It, to justify stealing their land and resources right. and raping and killing them and brainwashing. They're trying right. to brainwash their children. I, I think I've read somewhere that various different, very horrific movements used either this or a variation of this, like Hitler, to say that the Jewish people were inferior. So he had a variation of this. Yep, the eugenics <clears throat> movement and right. social Darwinism that, you know, we deserve... <laughs> 
we deserve it because we we have guns and they don't. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, we have property and we want more, so we'll take yours and say that you're right. an inferior being because you you aren't right. born again the way we think you should be. <laughs> right. So I um, you know, I grew up with this thing in my head that black people people with black skin and people with white skin should not marry each other this was one of branham's fundamental doctrines he called it hybriding and he said that a hybrid person takes i think he said 500 generations to cleanse the hybriding out i mean it it was very awful things that we were taught and i i was told incorrectly that this originated with William Branham, that he brought this new truth. And as you know, this was a truth that's been reinvented by several different groups throughout the centuries. It's not his own. Right. And, um, you know, there were other things, too. I, will, I was talking to somebody earlier today, actually, about some of the good things that we had. It, cults aren't, cults have inherent evil, but they also have things that, you know, people like. There are communities, there are People are very happy in a cult and they will defend the cult, not knowing that this underlying evil foundation is, sits underneath of them. Yeah, sure. So, Especially believing you're part of the chosen and absolutely. you are God's people and everyone else is Satan's people. You feel special. Yeah. And, and, uh, and if you ask me as a Mooney, John, are you happy? I'd say I'm happier than I've ever been because I am doing God's will. And But then if you said, but Steve, you haven't seen your family, you've thrown out your poetry, you've quit your job, you know, aren't you sad about that? Then I might rationalize it and say, well, I'm sad, but that reflects God's sadness for how messed up the world is. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and, and I did have a mix of that. There were, there were groups of friends that I couldn't hang with in school because they were going to dances and they were listening to music. I couldn't listen to all of these things that they were enjoying. So yes, I was happy. I, I had this, like you say, it was a, a um, self-proclaimed happiness, if you will. I was content, I guess is the better word to say, but I missed out on a lot of life that yeah. most people take for granted. Things yeah. that people experience in life, I never experienced until yeah. I was 37 or so. You know? Yeah, and you kindly went through my bite model of authoritarian control and applied it. So anyone yeah. interested in the details of all the rules and regulations and extreme authoritarian uh, mind control stuff, you can come to freedom of mind. Right. But, you know, I you've done videos, you've done like archival research, you've you've done some extraordinary stuff. But please continue with what you discovered. <laughs> there, There's so much to there, talk about in an hour. Yeah, I, I, don't, uh, I don't mention it often because I don't want to let all of my secrets out of the bag. But there are terabytes of research data. And I think I've got published somewhere in the neighborhood of 200, what is it? 200 gigabyte. I mean, there's a lot of data on my website mm -hmm. and um, there's still more to digest. It's so exciting to watch because this, you, one of the questions you mentioned earlier is how big is this thing? I was told right before I left that there were between two and four million people in the main Branham sect worldwide, globally. Mm -hmm. And 
<clears throat> that I don't know. They, you know, Colts tend to exaggerate numbers. So I doubt it was that high. But mm -hmm. when you consider that William Branham was the foundation for so many different splinter groups that grew into other things, right. you've got the shepherding movement, which Branham strongly influenced. You've got the new apostolic reformation, which Wagner literally copied and plagiarized Branham and rebranded it and resold it as new, new apostolic reformation. I yeah, mean, I got to interrupt you on that because I named them explicitly in the cult of Trump and right, they have right. some 30 to 40 million Americans who are spiritual warriors, quote unquote. And there's an estimated 300 to 400 million worldwide in this. So that's it really like pay attention, people, if you're concerned about authoritarianism and Christian right stuff. William Branham is like the 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 bad root. Uh, Absolutely, he, he's the root that popularized it. I actually, I've had so many people ask me how this came to be because Branham, he plagiarized so many people that we've come to realize that nothing he really brought was new. Where did he get the ideas from? And this book, Militant Christian Extremism, a critical examination of John Alexander Dowie. Dowie was the prototype. Dowie literally had control of Chicago back in the 1890s through early 1900s. And he had political control. He had religious control. He had so many people, hundreds of thousands of people coming into Chicago so much that they literally outgrew Chicago and Zion City, Illinois was the cult commune that got annexed as basically as the city of Dowie. Wow. And from there, I've never he heard of Dowie. So I got to get this really? book. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on the audiobook version of it soon. That'll be out. But this book, it's, it's actually a short read with lots of references, but Dowie's commune, he tried to, um, one of, one of the fundamental elements of what Wagner brings is militant, takeover of politics we want to get the quote-unquote good guys is in control of the country well dowie is the one who tried to do it he actually he took train loads of his commune door to door to everyone in new york city trying mm. to basically just completely control new york city mm. and he started a political party that was the zion political party and Anyway, he was the prototype for what Branham became, and leaders in John Dowie's sect were actually Branham's campaign managers. So they, Branham knew this, this intimately. Yeah, it's amazing how much copycatting goes on. Moonst was in a cult in North Korea, uh, and he stole a lot of the theology from that cult and claimed it as his right. own revelations. And until one really steps back and says, well, wait a minute, let me <laughs> I've dig. I've heard this before. <laughs> and you literally went to the library because you're, you, you know, you were in Indiana at the, you know, the, one of the main yeah. centers and just spent endless hours digging up microfiches and, you know, and just cross-referencing everything. I just, I can't, yeah, the I lady, can't uh, thank you enough for the effort you expended. It's so important. Thank you. The, the lady who runs the, histo the history center in the library knows me 
on by first name at this point. So I walk in, have you got a new book published, John? <laughs> um, <laughs> Great. We, there was an event in history, the Great Flood of 1937, that just mm-hmm. decimated this area. We're mm-hmm. talking hundreds of thousands of people just displaced all through Louisville, southern Indiana. And we were told falsely that all of the things that William Branham, these boisterous claims that he made, was completely erased from history in the flood. And when I learned that this was not the case, I, you couldn't keep me out of the record systems, man. I was these little microfish. I had not even used microfish since I was in sixth grade. Yeah, so they had too. to show me. How, yeah, they yeah. had to show me how do you work these reels and. So I'm saying that you have to literally read every word in every newspaper to find what you're looking for. Right. So I was in the library constantly. And fortunately now for researchers, uh, newspaperarchive.com has the Jeffersonville newspapers now, most of them. Mm-hmm. Newspapers.com have the ones that they don't. So you can piece the two together. But and I had to put go through, them and you put I had them to together. manually do that, right? Then um, we have a unique situation here in Jeffersonville. In the Jeffersonville Clark County Courthouse, they have these walls and walls of books of all of the court cases, documents that the you know the legal proceedings, everything. They're all not properly indexed. You grab a book and it's got a date range, and if you come in January and your last name is Hassan. Well, I come, my last name's Collins, which comes before H, but I come in February. I'm indexed out of order. Oh, so, it's alphabetical. Oh. Yeah, there's no real good way. You actually have to read most of the books. I read through, I can't tell you how many of these books, trying to find all the history and piece it all together. Yep. And in the end, I learned that the leader the second in command of the 1915 Ku Klux Klan came to Jeffersonville, Indiana and started William Branham's church. And say that again, say that again, slowly and loudly, please. The second in command, number two in 1915, William Joseph Simmons and I think 15 others, 12 others in Stone Mountain, Georgia, yeah, gathered together and they created the white, the white supremacy organization that the United States has recognized for the Ku Klux Klan, mm-hmm. and the number two in command, William Joseph Simmons, official spokesperson, multiple supremacy groups they created together, and the mm-hmm. official speaker for the Klan started my grandfather's church in Jeffersonville. Whoa! I, I'm just floored. I when I found this. I could not stop researching. <laughs> it's it's yeah, well, incredible you know, history. You, you and I have parallel histories. For me, I was deprogrammed after a near-fatal van crash. But when I got out, I became kind of obsessed with figuring out what the hell is this about? <laughs> Who are these people? And what happened to my mind? And how did they turn right. me against myself? So I just read voluminously, but it was like therapy for me. And yeah. if anyone's listening and was in a different group, uh, I really want to encourage you, you don't need to go as deep as John or myself, but answer all your questions, like do the right. dive. 
not everybody goes to the extremes that I did. When my friends would get a new radio, they would stick a tape in it and they would play the radio. When I got one, I took the whole thing apart because I wanted to see what's inside of it. Mm. Then I'd put it back together and then I would listen to the radio. So my yeah. mind just works that way. I, I have to know what makes it tick. Yeah, and I need to just say a bigger point to all of our listeners that in my mind, the greatest resource in the world are is human beings who are brilliant right. and talented and creative. And when they're trapped in a authoritarian, this tiny little mindset where they can't be exposed and to really let their brains free to explore what their passions are anyway you 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 you're writing songs you've learned music i see a bunch of <laughs> guitars on the walls and and a piano just a few guitars uh just a few <laughs> and recording studio but seriously john there's so many brilliant people trapped in authoritarian cults that if they when they get free i don't want to say if but when they wake up they can really contribute to the betterment mm -hmm. of all. Yeah. I think I read somewhere, either in one of your books or, well, I've, I've researched this to no end too, just how the cult mind works. And the intelligent people are actually just as susceptible, if not more, because a carpenter swings a hammer. They work with their arms. Their arms get tired during the day. A person like me works with their mind. Their mind gets tired. Then on Sunday, you sit in service and your mind is so exhausted from using it during the week that you kind of let your guard down. And so the more intelligent people are sometimes the most susceptible to this sort of thing. Yeah, I would also add that you need to be able to focus and concentrate to do high level work and when you're when you're doing that you're often like shutting off critical thinking like you said Absolutely. you kind of go into a zone you right. know to to do what needs to be done and then you go into a a service and where the authority figures are presumably divine why wouldn't right. you trust that whatever <laughs> is said is coming from god yeah well it's right like in your my... brain in, in my case, my grandfather was the pastor at William Branham's Branham Tabernacle for over 50 years. And I would have questions from time to time. They would surface. But I usually suppressed them because I assumed, well, Grandpa has studied all of this for decades. He has to have studied this. It must be true. And I never will forget his words. He, um, the the message called the Brandon message cult practice is shunning, either emotional shunning, sometimes physical. When I called him immediately before he shunned me and I explained, well, I found these things and they just, they can't really be. If William Branham claimed this thing and this other thing happened, how do I explain this grandpa? And he says, John, people have known this for years. What does it hurt you to believe it anyway? And then he shunned my wife and my children and myself. Wow. And, um, you know, it, it made me stop and take a step back and really want to publish the information because grandpa knew all of this. Why did he never tell me this stuff? He was suppressing and controlling the information. Because cult leaders uh, want power, money, and in some cases, sex. And yeah. 
would you would you imagine or would you assess that your grandfather had been brainwashed by Branham himself, or do you see him more as complicit since he did know that there were lies? You know, it's <clears throat> my grandfather died in 2015, so it's really difficult to assess without talking to him. Mm. But some avenues of research that I go down, even to a person who's fully indoctrinated, there are events and situations that happen that if you are a part of this knowledge, you have to know that something is wrong, no matter mm -hmm. whether you're indoctrinated or not. The right. big one for me was William Branham allegedly had this series of prophecies in, he claimed 1932 in most cases. He claimed that it was written on a paper that nobody could see because I, William Branham, buried it in the cornerstone of the tabernacle, right below this big concrete inset that said dedicated in 1933 was allegedly this container that had his quote unquote 1933 prophecies that nobody can read because it's on this paper. Mm -hmm. Yet I found a sermon where William Branham speaking and recording and he's reading from this paper that's supposed to be buried. And he says, let me read you something 1932. Uh -huh. And on other places he says 1931. And I, you know, I studied all this out to no end. I found that the original church the, the building that my grandfather taught at wasn't even purchased until 1936. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, things this... like that are kind of, you know, giveaways, <laughs> but I right. want to state for our listeners, you know, if, if something's legitimate, it will stand up to scrutiny. And Absolutely. especially if it's a religious organization, you know, for those of us who believe I do it, it, that God gave us our, our ability to think and to reason and to have choice. He didn't brainwash Adam and Eve, however you want to understand the Garden of Eden of st story. He didn't brainwash Adam and Eve to be s slaves and obedient, right? Right. So right. why not check it out and review your own life history, your own questions that you buried and your website has an amazing search feature and all kinds of thematic things. Right. That, to try to make it easy. <laughs> yeah. It's, but the, again, I, I just want to come back to, um, so there are so many people in New Apostolic Reformation and, and other, other cults that are like, I'm a prophet or I'm an apostle. I, I, I'm getting direct messages. Donald Trump's going to win in 2020. Like mm. for sure. And then <laughs> when he didn't, yeah, they had to blame Biden yeah. and say it was rigged instead of saying, oops, because if right. you're following Deuteronomy, it says you should stone and kill a false prophet. And you right. know a false prophet when it doesn't <laughs> come about, right? But I just feel like like people need to to come back to um a basis of what's true, what's real, and what is sustainable. And I know you're yeah. happily married. You have three, three kids. I have one son. We want there to be a future yeah. for our kids. Hey, and, our... And, and that's a big part of the reason I do what I do. It's not just for the message followers and cult. This thing is so much bigger than that cult. Mm -hmm. 
when so to, to cap off the story of my grandfather yep years later william branham died they actually dug this thing up and it's empty and <laughs> i've got a i've got a video of this guy who was there when they dug it up and he's fully indoctrinated you can see it all over his face his eyes are glazed over and he says the angels wouldn't allow the people to see this paper so they came and stole it from the cornerstone oh my but, goodness when I realized that this is a pivotal moment in my grandfather's life, right? He, he may have been indoctrinated. He may not. I don't know. I, I can't talk to him now. But at this point in his life, he knows that this thing that William Branham said is not true. Mm-hmm. It cannot be true. Right. And when I realized that there was so much, there's so much more that, that this cult influenced in the nation, yeah. I wanted to know how far does it go? How far, how many people are covering this up? Right. Because you mentioned the New Apostolic Reformation. We have Benny Hinn, who's referencing yes. William Branham and saying, this was a true man of God who went astray. And you find all of these other men who are saying, this was a true foundation that went astray. Well, what they're doing is they're building upon this foundation of indoctrination that pre-exists. Right. Because if you take their false stuff, whatever mm-hmm. it is, they've got different manifesta- manifestations of right. false doctrines, teaching, practice, mm-hmm. stuff. Well, if you take William Branham away, their ministry is actually nothing. Right. So they have to put him on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. They have to lift him up. So I have published all of my research on Branham in this book, Preacher Behind the White Hoods, a critical examination of William Branham and his message. It is <laughs> it's incredibly research. <laughs> a lot of footnotes. Yeah. I put, yeah, I put footnotes. I, I tried to put the exact quote, if I could, of where things came from. And if you can't find it on here, it's on the website. And that one's an audio version, right? If that one also just came out an audio book, yes, recently. Mm -hmm. Um, New Apostolic Reformation. This this thing has grown into something that is militant, and actually, frankly, it's very scary what they're doing. If they take this, is no different, in my opinion, than say North Korea. If you study North Korea, how they're basically indoctrinating an entire country to be. A cult pyramid hierarchy. That's what they're wanting in the United States. And it's it's exactly. very scary. Exactly. This, I might add the bite model, behavior control, <laughs> information, thought, and emotional control. Right. If a dictator or a cult leader controls those four things and implements it, you've got authoritarianism through and through, which is the opposite of the founders of our America who wanted a separation of church and state, who wanted there to be checks and balances of law. And um, I wrote in my book, uh, The Cult of Trump, about the Manhattan Declaration, where Catholic charismatics, very authoritarian, and Protestant ones came together to agree politically, we're going to fight against women's right to choose in terms of abortion. We're going to fight against gay rights. And we're going to lobby for religious freedom, the religious freedom of the true Christianity, because they falsely believe we were a Christian nation. So we should have the right to discriminate against 
atheists and Jews and Muslims and anybody else because we're right. chosen. You know, and my research started at different avenues. I've studied the history. I've studied the psychology. I did a very deep dive into just religion itself. How, how did this thing called Christianity emerge? What is it? Because what I was taught was definitely not Christianity, mm -hmm. polar opposite. <clears throat> my, my favorite passage in the Bible, Jesus says the entire law and the prophets is summed up in these two things. And if you listen to what Jesus is saying here, the law was the section of books where Moses came and gave the law from uh, I can't remember exactly the list of books. I've got it on my website. The prophets is all the books that came after. So he's literally saying the entire Old Testament is summed up in these two things. Love God and love your neighbor. And love your neighbor as yourself, I believe. Love your neighbor as yourself. Because right. a lot of people are in these cults are told to be selfless. But right. in order to love yourself, you have to have a self and accept <laughs> you yourself. And that means all yeah. the parts of yourself, including the dark parts that you're not so happy about, you have to love and accept yourself. Right. And you mentioned Adam and Eve were not slaves. They were not, you know, oppressed. If you study the ancient mythologies, it's all of these very, very evil religions that sacrifice their children. These are the ones that oppress you in the way that these cults do. Mm -hmm. Christianity, Judaism, they emerge as actually, you know, for their time, were very advanced in civil rights, women's rights, et cetera, as compared to the rest of the world. Um, so I'm studying all of this, and then I, you know, I get into the, just the religious aspects of, from when William Branham came forward to the New Apostolic Reformation, and I'm starting to see that every single precept of the new apostolic reformation is something i was taught and it predated wagner by by decades even yeah um some of it i th i think i watched some videos where a guy was talking about the latter rain emerged which yep. was william Branham was one of the main catalysts yeah so um hopefully what you've done for yourself and in your analysis and therapy you, you can, over the internet, scale it so that it can help anyone who's willing to look and, with an open mind. And if, if I assume if anyone finds something that you've written that is contradicted by some other evidence, you would take that seriously and, and you know, amend it or edit it. But knowing you, I think you've like I've dotted done that your many I's times. <laughs> and crossed your T's. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, could you just take five minutes and summarize? Uh, so men are the head, women are subservient. You know, like just go through the, the things that our listeners just to get a frame of just how controlled these, these, these cults are. Yeah, so... Women were very, very much more oppressed than, than the men in the cult. We had a Pentecostal background. So you had the Pentecostal dress code um, for the men. I was not allowed to wear shorts. Um, we were not allowed to swim together. I was not allowed to watch television, movies. I mean, 
variations of this exist even within the Branham movement. But if you listen to William Branham, everything that he condemned, I've got a rules page. Blue suede shoes were condemned, man. I mean, it goes down to some weird. Oh, Elvis weird Presley rules. was condemned. Yes. <laughs> I was, we were. At, that was actually one of the fundamental cult doctrines. You are not allowed to name your child Elvis. <laughs> seriously, and seriously, That's... Elvis and Ricky were the two names. Um, and I researched that. That's actually in the book. Mm-hmm. Anybody who was who promoted civil rights or who. Um, who advocated for civil rights, Branham would harshly condemn them. Lucille Ball is one of the, the people named because she has an interracial marriage with Desi. Oh, a Cuban is interracial. Yeah, absolutely. Latino. So they were and down the, on Latinos also. Well, it was, it was more of a white supremacy thing. The white supremacists were enraged that the I Love Lucy show existed. Uh-huh. Um, the various different others. I mean, you would be surprised at the, the level of control. But we, um, we had a series of cassette tapes back in my day of William Branham from 1947 to 1965. I can almost quote you verbatim what is on each of these. I listened to them yeah, I when I awakened in school, in my car as I drove, at night as I slept. Two times on Sunday, Wednesday, and sometimes often between. So that was the precursor of the internet, cassette recordings <laughs> and players, right? To, and, right. And uh, it just, it is what it is. But it's amazing. And, and people have asked me, the guy's dead. Like, why did mm. this group not die too? What do you say? Well, my grandfather played a big part in its existence afterwards. <clears throat> so after, after he died, William Brown died, I think it was Christmas Eve, 1965. Mm-hmm. And they held his body from the grave until April of 1966. And they didn't bury him. They didn't bury him immediately. <laughs> they kept his body on ice. Wow. They wanted to have the burial at Easter. So everybody would gather at Easter and somebody, which was my grandfather and William Branham's son, apparently, started spreading this rumor throughout the cult that he would rise from the grave at Easter. Oh, wow. And so every year after this, until even recently, I, I want to say the last time I went, drove by, I just happened to see people there at Easter. It was 2000 14 or 15 there were still yeah. people doing this because they expect his body to rise up and so in so, other words they were trying to say he was like a jesus figure who died and rose again well that is that's actually part of my recent study on jim jones part of the branham indoctrination was this theology called the manifested sons of god mm-hmm. And this theology teaches that in the Bible days, the apostles and prophets spoke, and we had what we call now the written word. And in our day, we have the fivefold ministry with new apostles and prophets, Hmm. and we have the spoken word. And God, in the last days, will manifest himself in the form of a prophet. And right before he died, William Branham says, the quote-unquote Elijah of this day, which he's referring to himself, 
the Elijah of this day is the Lord Jesus Christ, not a man, but God in the form of a prophet. So they continue well, this step forward. Well, that spells it right out there. <laughs> so his, when people listen to his tapes, they think that they're li listening to the literal voice of Jesus Christ. That's, that's how they're indoctrinated. Yeah. So I can only tell you, I only know of a few hundred other groups where the leader claims to be reincarnated Jesus <laughs> Christ or whatever. It's just, yep. it's, uh, it's so troubling that, right. that, um, and, and it's this, you know, traditionalists, you know, let's go back to the way it was versus modernism. And like, we need to be progressive and open our minds and, make friends with different people and learn about different beliefs and approaches and actually think about the earth not being the center of the universe, but actually many universes of which the earth is only a single planet. <laughs> you know, All right. There's is so much that's happening. So John, tell us a story or two of some, some people that you've helped to wake up, please. Well, there's another book, and I wish I had it here to show you, but there was a lady who, who um, escaped one of the two known communes, like physical compounds of William Branham. Mm -hmm. um, two of William Branham's, uh, they, he called him his tape boys, the, the two who went around with him recording the sermons. Uh -huh. They started what William Branham called, quote unquote, Little Goshen. And it was the prototype of communes in Prescott, Arizona, where it became a splinter group over time when William Branham died. Leo Mercer was the new leader and they physically, sexually, emotionally abused the children. They would actually, this lady writes how she would have to sit in front of the room and they would strip her down and they would beat her with a board until the man's arms got tired and then they would pass the board to the next man to continue the beatings. And this commune became famous in, I think the nineties, there was a killing spree. One of the cult, one of the members of the commune lost his mind and went killing people. And when the authorities came in investigating, they were burning children they were doing all kinds of just horrific acts. And she because of what she, what she went through, she was very, very brittle for years, decades. Mm -hmm. She recently became brave and she published a book called The Serpent's Tale. It's advertised mm -hmm. on my website and you can read her story on my website. Mm -hmm. Highly recommend the book. The, the subject matter is so troubling. She wrote it in poetic style. Mm -hmm. So she's expressing poems, but you'll read a phrase or two here and there where she's quoting somebody. She became brave. And she's one of countless around the world. We're actually seeing entire churches come out of the Branham movement and, you know, into something else. So a lot of them just reestablish themselves as a non-Branhamist, non-denominational. We want to learn and grow and experience God without Branham. Others are joining, you know, Baptist, Catholic, different, different ones. And so there's this other problem that exists that you're aware of called reassimilation, re reindoctrination. Mm -hmm. We're 
we're having to work to make sure that they don't join other cults when this happens. Right. So it's cult there's a proofing. lot going on. Cult, cult proofing, <laughs> you know, psychoeducation to, to help right. orient people of what's healthy right. and what's not healthy, a la mm -hmm. influence continuum. And right. um, for example, like a healthy a healthier church will tell you up front who they are, what they believe, and what they mm -hmm. expect of you. They won't tell you you can't listen to your conscience. They won't cut you off from your family and friends if they're not true believers. Mm -hmm. You know, they won't tell you you can't read certain <laughs> books or listen to certain music. And you're free to question and you're free to exit without threats or fear. Like right. that's what healthy religion is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be love-based, not fear and right. control-based. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm preaching now. I'm a love guy. <laughs> But, you know, Reverend Hassan. what's the greatest, you know, commandments? Love God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul. As you say, love your neighbor as you love yourself. These are the two great commandments. Like, so yeah. why not? Instead of guns and racism and, you know, misogyny and mm -hmm. child abuse. My, my new nickname for you will be the Reverend Dr. Hassan. Please don't. <laughs> I'm Jewish. Thanks. <laughs> I'm I'm joking. Yeah. Yeah. My I, when I when I came out of this. That's another cult, thing. Was... You're not allowed to joke when you're in one of these oh, really? groups. At least in the Moonies, yeah. you you could joke about you know certain types mm. of jokes, but not really yeah. anything. Serious. I would get in trouble because I'm. You know me well enough by now to know I'm constantly joking. It's just part of my nature. <clears throat> Whenever I was leaving this thing, it was severely traumatic, as it is yeah. for a lot of people. And I was, um, I was really struggling. My cousin who was also my best friend called me every single day to help basically to talk me out of suicide. He called mm. me every single day, John, how are you doing? Even if the co phone call was only 30 seconds, he would make sure I was okay. Yeah. And I had, I really had a lot of trouble reconciling because he had left the Branham movement. He was no longer a believer. And I was a believer. So it was a very much us versus them. But as you know, with a lot of these groups, if you have mental health struggles, which I did, you are seen like you have this plague and you're untouchable. Or you My have a demon family, in you. You, you have, have a, a demon. Absolutely. So here I am. My own family aren't even helping me. But this person who's no longer a believer is. And I asked him, Marcus, why? why don't you believe William Branham? And he says, John, I believe the cowboy religion. And I said, what's the cowboy <laughs> religion, Marcus? And he says, love God, love your neighbors that aren't trying to kill you and be kind to animals. And the further I distanced myself from this cult, the more I realized that he was just dead on with what th how things are supposed to be. And sadly, he died last November, but... Mm -hmm. Throughout his entire life until last November, he was encouraging me, helping me anytime I needed to talk to somebody. He was there. And whenever I work with people who are in this cult and they want to join another Christian church, they ask me, what church do I join? What church do you go to, right. John? And I purposefully don't tell them what church that my family goes to, mm -hmm. but I do reference the cowboy religion. <laughs> and <Good. laughs> I tell them that there are countless studies, just do an internet search for what is a healthy church. 
And you will find that in this cult and all of them that are similar, when you sit through a service, you're listening to a preacher preach at somebody, and they're usually not even in the building. They're usually creating the us versus them mentality. Yeah. And they're preaching at people who aren't even there, who aren't even going to hear what they're saying. Mm. And we left, I will say this name just because it was one of my pain points, but as an example that this can happen in mainstream religion, sure. we left the cult and we went to a Baptist church and I sat there and they were preaching at people who weren't in their building. Me having escaped the cult that this was common, I thought this is just the way it is. This is the way it's supposed to be. Mm. But over time, I started to realize, well, wait a minute. What about the person who they're preaching at who's never heard what they're doing is wrong? How are they going to come to Jesus? Right. And then all these people in the cult that I grew up, the women with long hair, this was a big thing. If you cut your hair, you were forever looked at as filth in this cult. So they would continually preach against women who cut their hair. Not a single woman in the building ever cut their hair. Mm. And yet they're preaching about it. And the women who did, who aren't part of this cult, never heard what they were saying. Right. So what was the point in that? Controlling the they, people that were believers, it seems. Exactly. And if they had just practiced the cowboy religion, <laughs> love their neighbors as themselves, they would, if this was really a thing that God cared about, which I no longer believe it is, if it were, they would go and sit down with the ladies who are cutting their hair and say, look, Jesus don't want you to do this. We still love you. We still want you to be, we want you to grow in Jesus Christ, right. but you're not doing this thing that we feel is wrong. And ironically, if they were, the person might say, but Jesus also said to let the women cut their hair in the same, in the same chapter, right? Yeah. So, you know, cults would not exist if they practiced the cowboy religion. <laughs> yeah, and there were a lot of cults that practiced legalism. I was told, taught this yeah. word by uh, uh, Reverend Bob Pardon, uh, who's an ordained minister who's done some cases with me. Um, they make up these rules, you know. You're, mm -hmm. you, God doesn't like beards. God doesn't like long hair. God doesn't like, yep. you know earrings i mean where is that in the bible no they just made it up and they made it a rule yeah. to control people's <laughs> behavior i do want to just underscore something a very important point because i think there's countless people who have been having suicidal thoughts because they were born or raised in a cult or recruited in a cult and got out and never understood phobia indoctrination mm. never understood lifton's dispensing of existence point you know the robert lifton yeah. was my mentor who studied chinese communist brainwashing that says if you're in the group you have a right to exist and if you leave the group you have no right to exist and if you leave the group but you don't process what is this group and what did i think i was in versus what it actually is practicing and then what is healthy like what would be normal you know, when I tell people there's unbelievable amounts of research that shows child trauma by corporal punishment, like it right. fundamentally creates a brain trauma experience. Even if paddling, you were just talking about that uh, uh, Goshen uh, commune cult. Um, yeah. 
but there are the people who go, but it says in the Bible, spare the rod and spoil the child. So I have to go with that versus science. And a lot of people also, well, my, my daddy, you know, hit me, so, and I'm okay, but this is not okay. We, we well, want to even, raise our kids well. Uh, yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm a person who likes to, like I said, I, I want to understand how things work. Even my dog, if I give my dog a treat, I can train him, train her to do whatever I want to train. If I hit her with a board, she's not going to understand. She's not going to mind me at all. This is ineffective. If you want to train right. your children, you don't beat them with a board. It just doesn't work. Right. And uh, I'm going to mention a, a dog training book that I sometimes recommend to my clients that I coach. It's Don't Shoot the Dog. And it's this exact kind of understanding behavioral conditioning that you have to identify what's the behavior you want and what's going to get incrementally the right. animal to do it, uh, to learn tricks or to fetch and bring the, the, the ball back or whatever. Uh, but it works for kids too, I have to admit. It's like if you understand, yeah. if I'm yelling, is this going to bring the person closer to me? If I'm going to condemn them or am I, or if I say you're, you're an intelligent person, I care about you. I really want to understand you. Could you please yeah. explain this and ask good questions, but in a respectful, compassionate, loving way It helps people to change themselves, to get in touch with their, their unique, authentic self. Right. <clears throat> and even in, you know, in the, in the cults, they teach you this mindset that's you've studied to no extent, but from a person who's been in it and and believes the Christian way that this mindset is brought, they teach Christianity as though it's a, the entire Bible from Old Testament to New is a single static snapshot in time with right. the same exact belief, and they don't allow for human growth over time. So yeah. yes, the Old Testament may have said, spare the rod and spoil the child. Does that mean that the people in the New Testament didn't progress? And do, well, I'll you go know, further they... from the Jewish thing. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but um, uh, there's a lot of mistranslations from Hebrew and mm. Greek that we That's now true. have a better understanding. There's a scholarly book by Friedman who wrote the Bible, and there were four distinct voices throughout the Torah. Yes. Uh, and and some, there are sometimes two stories of the same thing. It's like, why are there two? And it's because yeah. there was an oral tradition that was gathered together, and mm -hmm. no translation is perfect. And right. with Judaism, even though it ended with the prophets, there have been rabbinic interpretations for centuries. Yeah. And that's what Jew Jews don't, are not literalists. They don't follow the Torah literally. Mm -hmm. They can't. There's no temple. You don't sacrifice yeah. bulls anymore, right? It's like you have services and have <laughs> Shabbat and have a wine and light the candles and tell stories. Yeah, 
in today's world, I use Microsoft Word and I print a book and then it goes through my printer and it's an exact snapshot. Each book, <laughs> each copy has the exact same words. Yeah. Somewhere I read that the New Testament has more variations than there are words in the New Testament because they pin them by hand. And in a lot of cases, there were people who were who had the ability to write script because they could look at a symbol and they could trace the symbol, but they could not even read what they were writing. Some of them yeah. did not have the ability to read. Right. So you ended up with different families of Bibles and those families were also copied. And, right. and people who take the fundamentalist literalist approach, we have to ask, well, which literalism do you go with? Which right. version of this is correct? Exactly. I will never forget the surprise that I had the first time I came in contact with the 1611 translation of the King James Bible. We were King James only through and through. Well, here's this version of King James. It doesn't even say what I had. And in the preface, the, um, the translator says, this book is only as accurate and I'm paraphrasing heavily. This book is only as accurate as our current understanding of the languages and the available copies that we have to work with. <laughs> mm. And you also had personalities. There's a famous passage in the New Testament. If, if I speak with the tongue of men and angels and have not charity. Well, there was one priest out of all the translators who fought that the word charity be used instead of love. The actual hmm. word there is talking, it's a broad meaning, but the word is talking about divine love. Yeah. But he wanted people to be charitable, so he, he actually won the fight. Mm -hmm. This word wasn't even in the original context. So you, you can't look at it statically. You have to look beyond and look at the underlying meaning of what is the book trying to say. Yeah, and, and be true to yourself and your own desire for wisdom and, and uh, look for role models uh, who are humble, not arrogant, who eschew right. multi-million dollar mansions and jets and tell you you have to give money to him, and even though you're, you can't feed your kids and you'll be blessed tenfold. Like, right. go follow people who are humble and kind and compassionate and honest and accountable <laughs> you won't go wrong. Someone who can admit they made a mistake. Oops. That's a big Forgive thing. me. Right? right. When you're dealing right. with authoritarian cult leaders, they're usually malignant narcissists who are incapable of empathy. It's always somebody else's fault. So, yeah, exactly. And projection. So, we're going to wrap up soon. I want to give you the last word if there's any. Uh, I definitely want you to just say your website for those people who uh, may not see the blog and see the URL on my website. What's what's your website? And then give us some final wrap-up thoughts, John. The website is william-branham.org. And um, you can find the books that I showed on the, and talked about in the podcast on the website. There are also a few others that I've written. Those, those are the ones that I recommend, however. But my word of advice to anybody who was in this thing is to realize that this, this isn't a Christian religion. If you are in a Christian version of a cult or if you're in a Catholic or a Jewish version, this isn't. This isn't what it seems. Look underneath the hood. 
take the radio apart and see what makes it tick. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that these are men who are serving their own selfish purposes. They're not, they're not men who are looking out for you. They're looking out for them. And find somebody that studies the cowboy religion. Love right. God, love your neighbor, be kind to animals. Right. And I, get, I do want to add something and just say you are a model that there's life after cult. And that even though you were born into, quote, cult royalty with your grandfather, you had the integrity. You were able to find your soul and your authentic self and say, this isn't right, and help others. I want to not just help me, but I want to help undo all the wrongs that my family right. participated in. So thank you. Right. Thank, thank you. you for being you. Well, I'm... Glad to help. I always tell people when they come to my website, I may not have all the answers, but I will do my very best to point you to where you can find them. Yeah. Because it's, you have to find that, you have to search this out for yourself. You have right. to come to your own terms. And hopefully, what I've done can help people do this. Oh, I definitely think you're helping tons of people. And I look forward to uh, talking to you again. And thank you so much for this interview. Absolutely. This is, this is always fun. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. That's it for today's episode of The Influence Continuum. I've been your host, Dr. Stephen Hassan. Theme music for the podcast by Nasser Malik. To read in-depth articles about influence, both positive and negative, visit my website at freedomofmind.com. On Twitter and Instagram, my handle is at cultexpert. If you want to develop a comprehensive understanding of these topics, I highly recommend my books, Combating Cult Mind Control, Freedom of Mind, and The Cult of Trump, in that order. These books are a culmination of 45-plus years of experience and will really help you fully grasp the complex web of undue influence. I also have a three-and-a-half-hour online course titled Understanding Cults, The Basics, which can be found on my website. If you're a former cult member, I congratulate you on your bravery, invite you to use the hashtag IGotOut, and join our online community at IGotOut.org. Thanks for listening, and remember, love is stronger than mind control.